Welcome episode four. We're joined by Frankie from The Kitchen Detox. Um, I'm going to hand straight over. I want you to introduce you and uh, your mission and what you do. Yeah. Uh, so hello, everyone. I'm Frankie, probably um, already recognised behind the hashtag Frankie, I love your balls. <laughs> um, and I am the face behind The Kitchen Detox. So um yeah, just making a healthy lifestyle easy and accessible. Um, very, yeah, from a very humble background, but uh, we'll get into that later. Um, part of what I want to do is just share how to make healthy living easy to everybody. <laughs> Fantastic. So um, if you wouldn't mind touching kind of how did you get from uh, your kind of background into where you are now what were you doing before this and then that kind of journey led into the kitchen detox yeah so it's kind of um a lot of different elements that came into my life so I've my own health journey um has had a massive impact so I have always suffered with a um very rare thyroid disorder in that um most people who have a thyroid condition are suffering with an autoimmune condition so Graves or Hashimoto's um, both of those are you know when you're suffering with the symptoms they're they're life-altering um, but mine is partially formed and it's ectopic so the success that I've seen and sort of helped other with uh, other people with I couldn't necessarily apply to myself um, I've had a lot of success and greatly reduced my medication through all of the things that I've learned in my own journey. But uh, yes, it's been quite, <laughs> quite the in-depth struggle. Um, and then on top of that, I've had uh, a gallbladder removal, which often does go hand in hand, um, looking at the, at the masses who have a thyroid disorder. A lot of times it has a knock-on effect to your digestive system and um it's gallbladder removal cases are quite high in people with thyroid conditions um so yes both of those things have impacted my journey quite a lot as well as um my parents I've had quite <laughs> opposite parents um who separated when I was very young but my mum um was quite a holistic kind of health orientated mother she always loved essential oils she was born in India so a lot of home cooking and my dad was typical bachelor loved his exercise but had what I would call the beige food diet <laughs> um, and I also initially my career was in education so I was in education for sort of 14 years and still absolutely love the younger generation and love working with kids yeah. um but I saw that there was such a need and such a gap um in this vital area of good nutrition and as I learned more in my own health journey I just became more and more passionate uh, about this topic and I just had a hunger for it mm. um and I would talk to parents at the school that I worked in last, which was a, a school for um, children with behavioural needs and 
different um they were all on kind of the SEN register and I saw this deep connection that does start in the gut you know <laughs> we're all talking about gut health um mm. but it has such an almighty effect in especially with children and behavior issues and things like that and I've seen it in my own kids um and I was having these like little sneaky conversations with parents that I you know I shouldn't have been having at the time at all and saying you know just try cutting out sugar and Mm. going for the natural alternatives there's so many things out there and the few parents that started to implement these things there were wild changes like mm. children who were really high up on the autistic spectrum who could not sit through lessons and you know literally assaulting teachers and staff members they were sitting through entire classes and that was on it was just unheard of so yeah the the things that we can do small things really um mm. can have huge effects and it's those little things that's what the kitchen detox is all about i when i bit the bullet and decided to go self employed and really uh, kind of plunge into this i i knew that i wanted it to be accessible to everybody um and break that stigma of you know healthy living is for the rich um and the fast food diets and you know high sugar diets are reserved for those in poverty because let's face it those snacks are cheap and you know i just wanted to try and target that area as much as possible and it's those things that can be done cost effectively the the sugar the cooking oils um gluten is another huge one that i'm very passionate about there's so many things that you can do on a budget to create huge changes um, sugar, uh interjecting but sugar is one of those things it is very difficult and talking about bread you know actually a uh, little confession but i didn't i didn't eat it so it was good i just come from a training a <laughs> keep fit it's called class from a, an elderly retirement home and i go in and i set up chairs and i keep them fit at the end yeah. i was explaining i'm doing a podcast in a minute like first of all what's a podcast um but <laughs> second of all i said <laughs> nutrition and so on and we're going to we're going to talk about you know sugars and so on and just as i was leaving i was setting up for a jubilee you know party for the weekend and they're oh. like here have a cake <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I can't eat that now because Frankie's going to tell me off. <laughs> Bless you. Plus, I'd be here well, I'm like glad that. I was your inspiration to say no to a good old Victoria sponge. The, the little yeah. voice was in my head. Everyone has that, <laughs> I hope. Anyway, everyone has that. But um, it was. I'm going to be the voice in your head, am I? Oh, <laughs> don't eat it. Um, yeah. And I'm, I am trying, you know, sometimes bread, again, is that staple. It's very difficult to cut out, isn't it? Because it, it is. is convenient. And it's so, it's so enjoyable. It's, I mean, that's also what I want to still emphasise to people is that enjoying your food is so important. Mm. And if bread is something that you love, so many of us do, you know, if you're having a soup, Everybody wants that nice bit of crusty bread to go with it. But make it a sourdough. Have, you know, there's things that I just want to 
tell people that are just equally as yummy. And it's breaking that mental block that we have. Um, and, you know, but so many people have it on different things. It could be that, oh, no, no, I could never get rid of bread or, no, no, I have to have that that dessert that I've had for the last 30 years or whatever on a yes. Sunday afternoon because it's just part of my routine. Yeah. And I don't want people to lose those things. I just want to show them a better way of doing it. Um, and actually how you were talking about um, speaking to people, you know, in the whether it's in the school pickups and playgrounds, and that's actually quite a nice way of talking to people because, you know, uh, we had this in a podcast of the week talking about me and Gareth, all the information out there. There is so much. It's all online. You know, uh, personal trainers and nutritionists can't be expected to know everything. You know, people will come to you with tons of information that they're ready to come at you with lots of questions, but actually getting people together just to talk about this subject, like you're doing little snippets and small wins yeah. is really the way forward. And I think that's a nice way of you probably niche. I know you were sneaking it in, but it's a nice way. Of, <laughs> it is a nice way of you growing your business uh, naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just very aware that at the time, you know, I hadn't delved into becoming qualified and I was so passionate about it that I wanted to share but it was just I was at that dodgy time where I was like actually I'm not I'm not qualified to give this advice but I know it works <laughs> just just try this but yeah. yeah and it but it's lovely now now I still have those conversations and I'll still meet with mums and friends and people that have got children or yeah there's so many people that are from a wide variety of backgrounds that and the conversations often start naturally like you say it on mm. the school run or I'll be at an event somewhere and <laughs> you don't just it's... knock a chocolate bar out of the hand don't eat that <laughs> <laughs> have this <laughs> I'll be at the gym someone's got some some shake in their hand yeah I'll just replace it with one of my energy balls <laughs> And, yeah uh, we we digress we'll come back to path but it's interesting isn't it because there's so much uh probably about a year ago protein just hit into the industry didn't it we've yeah protein, everything protein cheese protein mars bars what's what is a protein have you oh my god that is one i looked at the other day actually have you tried that protein cheese i have yeah oh it's bad <laughs> it's it's not nice at all but yeah it's a point isn't it um we're going to come back to that because i've got an interesting question actually um uh, about kind of family nutrition um and to talk about a program uh, so if i forget come back to me and ask me that but yes. what i wanted to kind of touch on is the word there's lots of trending words but the word well-being it seems to be rocketing in the industry at the moment what, what does it kind of mean to you that word Yes. So I, I did actually write a couple of notes on this because I, it's such a huge thing, isn't it? It's like this overarching umbrella that covers so many people, the PTs, the nutritionists, the dietitians, functional medicine doctors. We, we all love to use this term, but actually, what does it mean? And I, I was looking at kind of all the categories that come under and some people do up to sort of 12 um, categories that come this under this heading well-being 
Um, but I think as many as six is probably what I would focus on. So um, for me, those are um, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, and your environment. Okay. And also it's remembering that well-being having a total well-being is probably near on impossible <laughs> um, but to remember that you are so individual to tailor it to you mm-hmm. and to just strive to do to look at each of those different things that I've just said and try and do your best in each or one of those areas and it's an active pursuit that's something I, re- I heard recently that mm. I really That's love. Nice. It's, a, nice. it's an active pursuit. You're doing it all of the time. It's mm. like the pursuit for happiness. <laughs> like it's, we've just got to work on, on well-being every day. Like yeah. wake up in the morning, start again. What are the things that work for you that you have in your environment that make you feel better? What foods, you know, are there trigger foods for you? Are there things that you already know make you feel really cruddy that, you know, you know, you just have to get rid of and find your staples, you know, again, making those healthy swaps. Um, and actually just to interject, the thing is I've always let, you know, 30 minutes after eating something, maybe 20, depends on how fast you process it, you'll feel the effects of what that food's done. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a good yeah. rule. It's a good rule. As soon as you're eating something, actually, probably wasn't the best thing for me. Yeah, yeah. Eat, and you're super hungry, or it's crashed you, it's sustained you. You know, it's probably a good thing to eat. Yeah. Yeah. But we're living in a world that it's 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 always going to be hard to have a totally stress free. Well, you just it's impossible, isn't it? No one's got a stress free life. There are stresses everywhere, and we're living in a world where our economy is, you know, getting worse and worse by the second. So people have got rising financial worries. There's, but it's teaching ourselves how to manage that stress. You're so right. our, our bodies I, don't kind of deteriorate with it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's I got I got stuck by a Honda Jazz on the way up here, and that always irritates me. But then I'm actually secretly, <laughs> even though I'm like I've got a podcast, I've got to get to it. But then I <laughs> then I realised actually I want to be that person in the Honda Jazz because they they're just super chilled out. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. They've got no worries. Yeah, it doesn't matter that Simon's behind them going you. Was <laughs> driving the speed Flipping limit. In okay. the <laughs> I kept a safe braking distance. All right. <laughs> okay good good stuff <laughs> um so i think that's i think that's a good takeaway i think you're right people's well-being everyone's different they've got they've, there's tons of different stresses um naturally people have got more than others depending on lots of different factors um whether they you know from family work life um their own personal life um yeah. daily routines what their habits are and especially the most important thing is what they're eating yeah Absolutely. And there's just there's little things that I do that I know. I mean, it's half term. Children are at home. <laughs> but no, I, I know that even that sometimes you get parents that have got, I met a family at the weekend who had five children. 
And I was thinking, there's always someone worse off than me. <laughs> but no, they were the most amazing family. And actually, you see things yeah. from a whole new perspective, like the kids helping each other. The more you have, the, like, there's this tiny little baby in the corner who's like car seat that it's in is being used as a coffee table <laughs> just <laughs> literally in a world of its own happy because it's the fire the fifth child of the family and it's yeah that one's gonna have to fend for itself you know <laughs> i've got but, a uh, zoom client that uses still their spin bike as they're uh, little hanging there washing up and when i zoom into them i see still a washing line have you used it yet <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah what I wanted, funny enough, I'm going to talk about that point so I don't forget it, but um, there was a programme I watched uh, on, on TV and I'm not going to name it, uh, but uh, it was interesting because it was talking about family. Uh, I don't know mm. if you caught it, it was last couple of weeks, but it was about a family, I think it was four or five people, but they were spending about 300 to 400 pounds a week on food. Wow. This guy come in um, and it and it's difficult with catching i suppose media it's not always about the healthy alternatives sometimes it's about the cheapest alternatives when they put these programs on yeah uh, yeah and it was a little bit interesting because some of the times not that you the kids were brought up in this way of being not quite selfish but you know they were they got everything they wanted mm. you know, top prices that they couldn't figure out why their kids were putting on weight and they've got this pantry just full of everything the kids would just go in and access what they wanted throughout the whole day wow uh, but the program which really irritated me a little bit but it just focused on it throughout for example it put in salsa dips and it threw out mm -hmm. you know different supermarkets i won't name them but you know from the cheapest end of supermarkets to the higher end and it was mm -hmm. a taste test you know a blind test taste just test which ones they like and the lower end supermarket come out at the end because it was 33p or something uh, per 100 grams. And right. it was like, what irritated me was that, and this is the key about nutrition, isn't it? Even though the taste might have been better, it was a cheaper product, but it's the case of what's on the back of that ingredient. It's all the other stuff that goes into that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. And that was the thing. It was families on a budget. And, and that's one of our questions we'll talk about a bit later on. Um, but in fact, we can skip to it now because it's while we're on it. But mm -hmm. I think it is that you brought it up at the start of this. You know, it's not for the rich. It's, for, yeah. you know, and for me, it was a case of this salsa dip going back to it is make your own. You know, with family. but because they'd set that present for the kids, it was they were quite selfish. Try this. Don't like it. Don't want it. You know, it's that attitude. Yeah, like, you're you're then setting a precedence for each generation, aren't you? And that is very yeah. much what's happened to society over the years. Is and and you know, there's so many. Again, there's so many layers to this because where does it start? Does it start in the advertising? Does it start in the layout of the supermarket? Yeah. Does it start with the parenting of you know, however many generations back and but yeah, I mean, now we've, we've got these programs on the TV and they have catered to the needs of what, the children of that family, which are, again, their taste buds haven't fully developed there. And, you know, with every bit of processed 
rubbish that goes into little mouths, their taste buds will adapt and they're adapting towards the flavours and the food choices that are essentially being created in a lab to keep us addicted. Um, And it is, it is so painful to watch. And even with my own children, I'm so passionate about this topic, but I have to constantly come against what is being put out there for their hungry eyes to, you know, just get sucked in. They're totally absorbed by these people that come on with the monster energy drinks with all their flamboyant colors and their wild planes. And like you said, with the protein powders, people will just fill these things with absolute junk in order to make a sale. And they will give you all of the fancy lines and all of the weight loss claims or all of the, you will feel amazing kind of, well, you might for two minutes, but the crash you get afterwards is going to be, pretty hefty yeah but that's not enough to put people off because the addiction started and when I say these things are created in labs it's you do you get people in white coats you know addiction specialists getting the right amount of salt sugar fat and there'll be awful horrible fats to produce that exact sweet spot Mm. the bit that we go oh yeah I want a bit more of that yeah. and you the crisps that are full of msg that you know what was the classic line of pringles once you pop you can't stop it we know that's true because <laughs> someone has been very good at designing that little curved crisp yeah. um yeah. but yeah let, going back to what you were saying it's just such a shame that that is the way the world's going yes yes families must live to their means but it's not about making it's not about going for the cheapest alternative in anything just because it's cheap you obviously still have to take into consideration what that is and whether you are having to grow your own um focus on when I say to people go shopping and try and buy things organically there are things that you can still buy, which organic kind of um, replica, whatever you, however you want to say it, you can buy bananas cheaply, organically, just the same as you can normal bananas. Um, and some people might argue, well, bananas are up in a tree, how much can actually get into them and st- stuff like that. So I say focus on the dirty dozen, which is you know often working with seasons as well what's the most heavily sprayed crop at the moment if you absolutely can't afford to buy even those things organically use a bicarbonate of soda in water wash Mm. everything within an inch of their life (laughs) before you cook it and just remove some of those harmful things um and yeah do there are so many things that you can do if you were on a budget to make this work for you mm. and that doesn't mean you know chuck out the like hummus 
that's good for you and replace it for something else that's packed full of like loads of vegetable oil and nasties just because it's cheaper and I think the you know I think people have got large families and so on they they automatically go to kind of staples like pasta you know bulk white pasta yeah (laughs) Um, yeah you know to to whether they make a bolognese, but it's something they can pre-cook to make that's very easy. Um, is there any kind of things that come to mind? And it might be something that we don't cover right now, but it's something we could maybe post um, at the back end when I put this editing together, we can throw in certain recipes. But is there anything that comes to mind, you know, say family, a big family of five, six people that they could kind of throw together um, that you might do, for example? So <laughs> it's a big question. It's, I appreciate. It is. Yeah. I mean, throw together. I throw together stuff all the time that is just so they're like frying pan staples and I'll use eggs, a load of vegetables, some really good quality seasonings. And I'll mix it up with either fish or whatever my children's go to protein is that day that I will, you know, and that's so cheap it's so cheap but I can really work with things to make them delicious and that's what I encourage people to do but when you say staples if I was going to say to anyone incorporate this and it will make a world of difference bone broth you can get go to your butchers go to or even look online at your local organic farm or whatever place it might be Bone broth and organ meats are some of the most cheaply found things and yet they are so powerful. Um, and I make up bone broth at home. It will sit in the fridge for the week, used over the week, and I can put it into soups. I can, you know, put a bit in when I'm yeah. frying anything up. Even if I'm cooking a bolognese, I might put a bit in because it it's full of so many nutrients and you know collagen it supports your gut and if you can get that into your children <laughs> in whatever meal you're cooking amazing that's um, a really nice takeaway actually that's um uh yeah I think that's really good advice so um I <laughs> lined you up for this but what's kind of um and I'm sure people want to know but <laughs> hence me just about to what I'm about to say but what is in your balls <laughs> What is in my balls? <laughs> so, um, so I some of the best supplements that I have used. I call them supplements because they are essentially um, not the kind of pill form. But mm. um, I have I push collagen as much as I possibly can because, again, it's fantastic for your gut lining. People think collagen, they think skin, hair and nails. Yes, but that's almost like a counter effect. It starts within it. You know, if you can get all three types of collagen, you're talking connective tissue, gut lining. So, you know, a lot of what we are made up of internally is supported by collagen. So um, very early on, I found a company that I loved, who I, I, I won't name. Well, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to, but. They, uh, I started getting their um, powders because one, they contained all three types of collagen. Two, they didn't use any nasty sweeteners or fillers or any of those Mm. things that you find in so many powders, like we were just talking about. Um, 
We can and, make reference to it actually, so you're more than welcome. Who, who is it? Who are you? Oh, lovely. So the company's called KGen. Okay. So um, yeah, so I I don't actually affiliate with them in any way or with it. they're not kind of my sponsor or anything, but I've made it very clear early on. I, <laughs> I thought you were going to go, your and I was going to edit the video. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, yes, they, they've been amazing um, in creating these, these powders. And right. so the first few flavours of Superfood Ball that I made at home were the um, gooey chocolate collagen and the salted caramel collagen. And... The flavour is just incredible. You feel like you're eating a cake. Um, my kids love them. So that's where it all started. I was making making these snacks at home um, for my kids. I was fed up, like so many parents probably are, of them having even um, sort of protein supplement, or not protein supplements, but fairly clean. Sorry, that's really annoying. I've just had that's an right. income. Don't care, it's fine. We're back. Hello. <laughs> we're back. Um, yeah, they were having um, sort of snack bars that early on in my nutrition journey, I thought, oh, well, they they look fairly good. Again, they had had all the lovely claims on the packaging, no sugar, but actually they were using a really nasty sweetener. And I was so fed up of that yo-yo effect. My kids were having a snack and it was almost heightening their, their need for more. Yeah. Even without the supposed um, sugar element, it was like, oh, we've, we've had this. I, five seconds later, back for something else. Um, and it's the absence of healthy fats as well that you often find that it's just, it, mm -hmm. it's at ground zero in these bars um or kind of similar products um so I made these at home I saw that they were having great success with my kids and for me as well it was just an easy grab and go if I was making dinner for the kids of I find that's often my hungry time is like just post school run and I'm just about to start cooking the dinner and I'm like oh, I'm famished and it would be an easy, a really easy thing for me to just crack open like a bag of kettle chips or something if I had that in my home yeah. and eat the lot at that point. It's like that's my real hungry time. And the energy balls or superfood balls, whatever you want to call them, they just diminished that completely. And I'd only have to have one. Um, and so I can I, um, promote and recommend this because you gave me some samples, which I had the day and I it was brilliant oh. loved them yeah and and you're right oh, because I am one of those people sometimes you know burn it I burn through its calories and then sometimes I just need a little bit of a hit uh, yeah. to keep moving um and those you know sustained it 30 minutes after eating it or you know or pretty much more instantly but um it was it was good and I've also oh, just made reference to those the, the chocolate ones you just mentioned because um <laughs> that's my go-to thing in the yeah if now you're I know a, it's a health alternative yeah. yeah and it's so I use raw cacao as well so okay. really high in antioxidants but you don't get the the sugar elements it's completely sugar-free so yeah so you get the combination of healthy fats a good source of um, collagen or protein um yeah. and then yeah I, I put a post out quite early on just saying does anyone 
want the recipe or you know and this was in the height of lockdown and I just got this influx of just friends saying oh can you I don't you know they sound amazing but I'm either I don't have a blender or I just don't have the time so I was just dropping tiny little samples or jars outside people's doors and it went from there um and amazing because it is you know such a big part of my business now and I supply to cafes and um obviously a local clinic the mass clinic who I absolutely adore they have my products as well so it's it's opened doors for me and it's also just getting healthy food into people which I love yeah Um, great yeah Um, and that's what I like about them and they're so you know it's easy and I think reference to what you said about the other bars that are out there again not naming and shaming but I think I had one it was a a few months back I was picked up and it was a vegan bar and I'm chewing this thing like a camel and it was so (laughs) (laughs) her mouth was dry it was horrible Uh, I was like what am I eating it's like cardboard with just nothing and I think that's the problem is that people's mindset straight away they also go well I'm not eating that again and then it puts them off that kind of health orientated kick and they think well everything's going to taste like that um, yeah, yeah. They go back to what's easy. Um, coming back on to some of the questions, um, you you touched on it with uh, you know what what you concentrate on. But for some people, gut health, unless they Google it and get nine different explanations of what yes. that is, what's yeah. Kind of, you know, what's your take on it? How do you explain it to people? What is it? So, um, I if so many things start in the gut there is a huge brain and gut connection um it's amazing to know that when you are growing in the womb the same tissue that forms your gut also forms the brain so that you know people call it the second stomach and you know that is the reason there is such a powerful connection there and Gut health, there's so many indicators in our body if if our gut health is off. So that could be um, inflammation anywhere, um, poor skin, psoriasis, eczema, all of those things. Um, Immune health starts in the gut. Um, And it's, I mean, again, like I was saying with the term wellness, it's so hard to get gut health completely spot on for your individual needs and your body like for me personally I know that my gut health took a huge hit as soon as I lost my gallbladder and had I've known what I'd have uh, what I now know Mm. I'd I would have gone as far as to never have my gallbladder taken out I'd have done what I know now the strategies to really support yourself and try and get rid of a lot of those stones that form and yeah knowledge is power isn't it and there's so many things you can do but there's a really lovely sentence actually that um I was looking at uh when you think about gut health and um a healthy gut contains healthy bacteria and immune cells that ward off infections like bacteria viruses and fungi A healthy gut also communicates with the brain, like I was just saying, through nerves and hormones, which help maintain general health and well-being. Mm. 
Um, and there's so many things that affect, I mean, this, this prevalence of um, vegan diets mm. has had a massive, massive kind of impact on gut health. Um, and that's a lot of the, the problems that I see at the moment. I often feel are connected to those who are, you know, for whatever reason, for animal welfare or just lots of other elements or just because it's the trending thing for mm. people to be vegan. Those are the people that are suffering the most at the moment. Um, and I think that's because one, a lot of the vegan products are just packed full of soy that's you know and it's yeah. that wreaks havoc for us ladies it's, it's called an endocrine disruptor because it has such a huge effect on estrogen levels and you know I won't go into too much of that but yeah it's it's incredibly hard in this day and age with like I say again with all of the advertising and the push for veganism and everything to get gut health spot on Mm. um but you've got to think about it from an individual point of view um what conditions do you have already key supplementation not just taking every supplement under the sun that you might not necessarily be deficient in because again those things you can take them if your gut health is off you're totally not absorbing the right amount of vital nutrients mm. anyway um but yeah and <laughs> What exception to um, there's a couple of things there take you know to inject uh, Luke uh, who was on the previous podcast we were talking about testing you know and I think you talked about supplements mm. and there is that promotion of going well I should take more vitamin D C but you know there is a point where people will be taking too much or ODing on uh, too much of these things and I think it's a natural thing for people more to go off and now get more testing whether it's just getting a, a blood test um yeah. to find out what their levels are because people just don't know it's worst thing is, is just inject yourself with too much supplements and just find out the basics give yeah yourself a absolutely test. i think people think and it may be a little bit of both ends but going to a gp is more like there has to be something wrong with me <laughs> before i go <laughs> to the gp and i know that you know that's there is a lot going on there, but actually naturally for people to go along and get, just get a blood test. Um, some kind yeah. of be a bit hard to do because Absolutely. they'll and ask you. Even <laughs> myself, yeah. And myself, I know that I, I've got my first appointment. This is, this is obviously indicating the huge pressures on the NHS at the moment, but I'm waiting another three months to see a specialist in uh, the endocrine team and that's for my thyroid condition mm. I've you know I was officially diagnosed when I was 11 years old but they assumed that this that my thyroid condition started from birth however I haven't seen a specialist since I was 11 years old um, and the last scan I had on my thyroid and this happens all the time are you know I get people screaming at me going <gasps> you know, not only is your thyroid partially formed, it's sat in the wrong place. You need to be seen by a specialist. And I'll sit there and I'll go, I know. <laughs> and, um, but then I'm up against so many loggerheads and it's the same, you must, yeah. I think it's the same for everybody. I feel like I'm then telling them, I've learned so much about my unique condition. I'm like, right, 
I need this blood test, this blood test, this blood test. I need my, not just my TSH, which is the standard thyroid blood test, which they give to everybody, which just doesn't tell you one iota about your thyroid health, really. Mm. You need your T4, your T3, reverse T3. There's so many blood tests that give you your full thyroid panel. But to get that is like trying to just wade through mud. You, you cannot get there with ease at all. I, um, think, I think that the way forward, Luke mentioned this, I think it's going to be the way the future goes. I think, you know, already, you know, it's quite nice to not that people can cipher through having their blood test, you know, through um, the patient app on your phone. You know, you can get them to look at the results and uh, you're looking whether you're in a black line or if you've got a red dot and you're searching through to see it and then you're like well, I don't know what any of these mean but I haven't got a red dot <laughs> <my Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you can go off but that is still a good you know uh, a good good heading and I think the way that it's going to move I think there's going to be more testing for people naturally to go and get yes. more of these things and and great. if you are able if you are in that position where you've been battling an autoimmune condition for most of your life if you are suffering with diabetes or or you you know you've got a, a life altering condition by all means you know if you've got access to someone who is doing the biohacking the real sciencey stuff grab hold of it mm. and get all of those blood tests that you can um, there are really cool things out there now, like breath monitors, which can indicate certain things. Um, and actually, I'm, I'm just looking at a company that offers that, that I could eventually, after my next bit of training, incorporate into what I offer my clients, because it does make it slightly more tailored. Yeah. Um, and... I think that is important, but there are going back this, to the supplementation side of things. There are definite um, sort of um, well, I don't know what you would call it, like a baseline or um, key supplements that everybody is deficient in. You know, I don't care who you are. Magnesium is responsible for over four hundred processes within the body our soil is just completely depleted of magnesium over the years. That is just sadly in our country anyway, the, the quality of I, our soil. Um, I ask what, if someone was lacking in that, what would be signs and symptoms of someone potentially having? Yeah, there's so many, like I say, because that it's responsible for so many processes within the body. It's again, it's like, saying how do you know if you're deficient in vitamin d yes there'll be certain symptoms yeah but i would just assume that you are if you live in england yeah. <laughs> um and i go as far as to with omega-3 vitamin d and magnesium i would be classed as mega dosing those things and I believe that it's completely safe and it is so much more effective than okay. taking the dose that's recommended on the bottle. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just, that's just me. And um, with all the research and studying that I've done, I, I know that because I don't have a gallbladder, that's my body certainly needs more because I'm absorbing a lot less yeah. anyway. Um, so yeah, there's definitely um ones that i would say 
to start with for people like if you're just going to supplement with something have it be these mm. um and then go from there get the blood test to see what you're deficient in um if you're still suffering after incorporating you know the, the foundational ones then um just look at going to the next stage and the next stages it's a process and I know everybody's in such a hurry to to feel well um but again going back to the kitchen detox that's what um I'm like the beginning of the process so Mm. I will look at what someone's conditions are already um you know their medical conditions and history what environment they have how much stress they have in their life what their sleeping patterns are like how much quality sleep they're actually getting and and work from there and I'll always say um look at your sugar intake so eliminate sugar basically eliminate gluten incorporate fasting um that will then hopefully have a knock-on effect to your sleep anyway, but sleep is the next vital thing. Hydration and foundational supplements. Um, And then going from there, you know, after that, I still keep in contact with everybody that I've seen, but Mm -hmm. if you're still suffering, it's like, then what do you do next and where do you go from there? And I then talk about the next bit, and then the biohacking comes in a little bit further on, I feel. Great. Um, if Because everybody wants their health to be in the best place possible. Mm. Um, and I genuinely think the stuff that I start with has huge impacts and is miles away from living a processed, you know, high sugar diet anyway. Um but it's what stage you're at as well. Finances, of course, come into this. And I've been there. I, I'm a single mum. I definitely lived on the breadline. I know what it's like to not know if you can afford your food shopping the next week. Um, and now my work is taking me into, you know, social circles who can literally buy what they want when they want and don't have a money worry in the world and of course they could go off and pay 400 pounds to have blood tests that we would all love to be (laughs) accessible on the nhs but definitely aren't um but yeah it's i I, I I want to make the difference to people who are in these um poorer areas of life Mm. because i know i know what that's like so and I think it's perfect timing more now than ever with, um, you know, uh, being hounded by expenses and so on. So I think yeah. it's a perfect time for for um, you to mention that. Um, and I think you mentioned it, you know, just then it's everyone wants to get healthy very quickly. And it's always come up with this analogy. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. You know, uh, it is a journey. Yeah. You're going to have to experience it as you go through step by step. You're going to come up with, Hence the pun, you're going to come up with hurdles, but you just have to figure ways. Um, and yeah. I do this a little bit with NLP, but if, you, if you're not ready for the hurdles coming up, that's when you're going to set yourself back and maybe fly off, fly off the radar. If you can prepare yourself 
that you know what's coming. Yeah. You can always make contingency plan to get back on get back on track. Yeah, exactly. And I do always <laughs> I go in sort of almost putting somebody off. <laughs> well, it seems like I am, because I really feel like it's fair to to pre-warn people you're going to feel really, really quite crappy mm. when you first cut out sugar and gluten. And, you know, but again, I've been there and done it. And I'm talking from experience. It is like a class A drug. Sugar is the, you know, the most accessible drug. Um, and, you know, we feed it to our kids. And, but, when you come off, you really realise that it's so, it's obviously been doing so much damage because mm. you feel like you have got the world's worst hangover for, you know, two, three weeks, depending on how much sugar you've had on a daily basis. Yeah. But once it's gone, it's like the fog lifts, literally, like the fog just clears and you mm. feel like you've got a new lease of life. And and then it's about slowly reintroducing the things to to still have enjoyment. No one wants to live, you know, on vegetables and chicken and, you know, just the, you know, bodybuilder diet kind of thing. And that's why people end up yo-yoing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boring, tasteless food. Nobody, nobody wants that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. if you you know food is fuel everyone loves to say that don't they food is fuel and I've said it a few times myself yes food is fuel but you don't want that shovel it in mentality <laughs> it's like yeah it's just a horrible experience you touched on um the word fasting uh Luke also mm -hmm. did the same I explained a scenario to him um same really question as above um you know, for people listening, uh, what is it? Um, you know, um, why should people be interested in it? Should people be doing it? Um, what's your What's your views? Yes, absolutely. Um, yes, people Crazy. should be. <laughs> um, so, because of our uh, our high sugar, high processed diets, a lot of people, you know, in the same way that we're both we're all deficient in these things we most of us suffer with insulin resistance and um people often go like what no that's for diabetes sufferers and like they'll think insulin and they won't think of the insulin that we actually have in our own bodies they'll think of the medicinal form of insulin that's given to people with type one you know mm. that's just the association people make but when you can get insulin to work for you in your body the way that it's supposed to, that's when, you know, you're firing on all cylinders. It's, it's brilliant. It, insulin is there to serve a purpose, and that is to keep your blood sugar levels stable and to stop you having this yo-yo effect all day. And, you know, the high sugar, high processed diet that most of us have filled our lives with has left us with this symptom and fasting is what has the most powerful effect on you know reprogramming that and it's going back to 
you know, how our ancestors lived in, you know, times of feeding and times of fasting yeah. and breakfast, you know, you're literally breaking your fast. Um, and some people that I see already don't like having breakfast super early. I've always felt that myself. I, you know, it makes me a little bit kind of, oh, my tummy's not quite ready for food first thing in the morning mm. and if you are one of those people then great you are probably already doing a form of intermittent fasting because if your breakfast is pushed forward to 10 11 o'clock in the morning then you've already fasted from what hopefully no later than eight o'clock the night before to 11 o'clock the next day you're getting a huge chunk of time where your body's been able to kind of go back to base level um we were we were always uh we talked about old old education but you know always breakfast your most important meal of the day you know yeah you must have it um but people then associate that with having to put something in their mouth first thing in the morning yeah. but it's not breakfast yes it's the most important meal of the day i completely agree with that because um and I personally eat in the style of you know eat breakfast like a pauper and um sorry no eat breakfast like a king and dinner like a pauper because you know you want to start that day your body is going to go because it's the most insulin sensitive you've had that time where you've been fasting overnight and anything you eat is going to set you up you know, your body is then primed, ready for the day ahead. And you either can prime it with a horrible, you know, high sugar breakfast cereal or something, and then you will be hungry half an hour later and you'll probably snack all day and your body's going like this. Or you can have some real lovely, um, you know, fats for breakfast, like an avocado and egg and all those things that we know are really balancing on your body so yeah which you always want to put on toast <laughs> okay but yeah have it on sourdough amazing see, yeah i threw that in there um <laughs> but is there any times where you think people shouldn't be fasting um that your opinion i think be? i think for women uh, i think if you're aggressively fasting I think, you know, some people do incorporate like a weekly 24 hour fast. It depends mm -hmm. how it depends how insulin insulin resistant you've become, how, you know, if you're if you're really quite overweight and you your body's got some reserves, fasting is going to do huge things for you and to get your hunger in check and you'll help you get your portion sizes right and everything. And yeah, I think people can take it to the extreme, definitely. And especially for women, it can impact our hormones if we're trying to really aggressively fast, say the week before our period or the week before ovulation. Um, that's something else, actually, that I, I always I really try and get women who are still in their kind of cyclical years um, yeah. that they should be tracking their cycle because you know, that week before your monthly, the week before bleed week, you are going to feel yeah. like everything you have done 
is working against you you're gonna feel like you you know I had a phone call from my friend sorry this is completely off topic I know but I um had a phone call from a really close friend of mine and it really resonated with me because she phoned me up and she was almost in tears like she had a kitchen detox she had my full kitchen detox and uh and felt huge effects from it but she was like even after everything that I've implemented and how good I feel and all the compliments that I've been receiving from all of my friends and family I seem to get to these points in the month where it's almost like body dysmorphia and I will look at myself and I'll literally like you know I'll be finding the fat I'll be feeling constantly hungry and everything just goes out the window and I'm like yeah and and that even happens to me and I I now know why but I can completely relate to that and it just so happens you know it's part (laughs) part and parcel with having hormones yeah but I it's so important for women to just get that in check before before your bleed week and before the week that you're ovulating there is so much more demand on your body you're going to feel more hungry because your body's requiring more calories for these vital processes that are happening inside you you might feel a bit bloated because obviously there's that symptom you you know it literally has an overall effect on how you feel and sometimes how you look but it's just it's being kind to yourself and accepting that and thinking right if I've been getting everything right for the last couple of weeks just be kind to yourself just have a long bath don't fast aggressively you know have more calories than you usually would and be at peace with it (laughs) um You've just nailed a couple of things there because I think it was um, it was on BBC News two days ago, but Jessica Ennis, the herbalist, she's put together an app um, and she was talking about actually when she was training the Olympics, she had no idea what cycle she was on. Um, even then, this is Olympic, you know, with Olympic coaching. And I yeah. think if PTs are listening to this, um, it is interesting with a male trainer from doing when I did the podcast with uh dr katie armstrong talking about menopause and i had mm-hmm. to go off and research and as a bloke you're naturally going oh, this is going to be awkward i don't know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um because you don't you don't learn this stuff and even yeah. with uh different cycles menstrual cycles you don't know it as a trainer and actually for a male trainer to go off don't be arrogant and just say what is that time of the month it's that case of understanding which phase they're in because it's going to affect the training yeah you know, yeah absolutely and it's a it's a real eye-opener and i suggest other pts you know if you have female clients to go off and and, and do the research and, and yeah because i've and i'm still learning now i'm learning but so you've just mentioned but your suggestion yeah. actually having people track um you know there's certain apps out there having to track is another element to that marathon they're on and it's another mm. stage to help them yeah definitely and and for women that are really really into their fitness as well it's like i know that some people want to compete and there's this whole other world of bodybuilding that quite frankly scares the living daylights out of me 
Mm. Because there are women who completely lose their menstrual cycle because of overtraining and undereating and the the lengths their body has to go to to perform mm. it's literally going into like life-saving mode and yeah. but yeah. it's you know if something's going on with your cycle it's often one of the first indications that something's off something's wrong um and i happen to you know said this uh in the previous podcast but again it's my my only thing sometimes with with fasting is depending on what that person's lifestyle is leading up to you touched on it earlier but and you would know um but if someone is under high stress um you know lack of sleep um and they're getting up first thing to, to fast yeah i think that there has to be a bit of also an element of just listen to your body you know yeah like i would say you're knackered don't train you yeah know? your body needs that recovery and that's why sleep is so important but i also think there is that element just to be a little bit careful with the fasting element yes yeah definitely and it's looking at like you say the stress that's already existing in your life and exercise is a stressor it's a good stressor but it's a stressor fasting is a stressor starting something new even if it is the cutting out sugar and gluten that is going to be a stressor on your body to start with because it's adapting to a totally new mm. way of eating but and all of these things might be good but they again they're a form of stress and, and it's, it's so it's taking it bit by bit start on maybe three days a week of fasting that's still yeah. amazing if you can do that any kind of retraining you can do in as tiny bite-sized chunks as you feel you're able to, as long as you're doing it and Mm. you're consistent with it and you're intentional, you're going to end up with success in the long run. Um, And it seems to follow a theme, uh, even just, there's only four podcasts in, uh, but it's small wins. Yeah. You know, Gareth, just just take action, just start doing things. Uh, You know, Luke was mentioning, just start looking at, doing one thing I always like this do one thing and just do it well yeah you know and don't tank yeah don't don't tank earlier on and you know end up with adrenal fatigue and feeling cruddy because you've done yes you've done tried to do all these amazing things but you've gone in there too quick um and it's again on the (laughs) I know it kind of seems to contradict it but it's like no don't throw in the towel because you start to feel something either. If you feel like you've got the world's worst migraine because you're on day three of cutting out sugar, know that that is normal (laughs) and don't throw in the towel going, Oh no, it's a stressor. I'm feeling some (laughs) stress. So it's not happening. (laughs) Yeah. Like I don't want to be confusing with this. No, I think like, it's take it bit by bit, but do know that you're going to get some crappy symptoms before you feel the good stuff too. So it's gonna be cranky. So, yeah, <laughs> you might hate your spouse and your kids for uh, a good three weeks. <laughs> avoid people that irritate you. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk about um, 
so we've kind of touched on fasting that was really helpful for people that kind of what yeah just oh going back to that before I forget yeah fasting doesn't have to be done in my opinion in any particular way if you find that your eating window is best because I I always think for women this is what I do is at the 16-8 so I'll fast for 16 hours and my eating window is eight hours mm. but actually that fits into my day without me even noticing anymore because I've never really been an early eater so I break my fast at 10 and then I'll stop eating at six because I know that then my body is finished digesting by the time I go to bed I'm you know I'm not interrupting melatonin production which is you know, that doesn't start until you've stopped digesting your food. So you're not going to have that knock on effect to sleep. Mm. Um, and it doesn't, I don't even think about it anymore. So it's not like, oh, crap, like, oh, oh I'm my eating window, which I never want somebody to really have to feel the beginning bit might be like, oh, which window is it that works best for my life? But yeah. once you figured that out, it's like, forget about it um and don't nice. yeah if you, if you can't do it every day don't worry but your body is becoming used to a pattern which is the main thing and it's it's the not doing the constant snacking as well like if you think about fasting in that it's just leaving spaces between your feeding windows like and even if that's just breakfast lunch and dinner without snacking in between you're giving your body a chance to do what it's it's meant to do um, That's nice. I I totally agree um and it's a huge subject and I do you know what I think would be quite nice to do is um maybe a little part two of this um to get people to whether it's yourself or myself is to put a little poll together with questions because I yeah. think um, and then have a Q&A session again on a, maybe a part two, 30 minute. But I think that'd be quite nice to do if yeah, you're interested yeah, in doing that. Because yeah. I'm already formulating lots of questions already. And I think imagine people were well, hoping, assuming they watch this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just Hopefully. wasting my time. Um, <laughs> um, but it's, I think they will have loads of different questions um, and people will be bespoke with different things. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to, I think we've covered uh, lots of things of best practices, you know, top tips, but I think the whole thing, people have started to get a picture of things they can take away. Um, yeah. Is there any little bits that you um, maybe, you know, I'm a big believer being habits and building habits for people, a bit with training aspect, you know, if, if people's, you know, let's just say goal is to work on mobility, they have to build it within their daily mm. habits whether it's flicking the kettle on whether it's ironing whether it's sending a few emails it's their kind of calling to say right well in between maybe set alarms where you work on flexibility shoulder and so on your door yeah. stretches you have to build it within your own routines and habits and I think absolutely you do with this isn't it it's yeah this. yeah um, um and I think I I come up most often I come up against the mental block people have because they've been conditioned throughout their life which is totally not you know that's no fault of anybody's it's just the world we live in and that might have happened through 
parents or media or whatever. But so my first top tip is just be open, mm. be completely open to change. If you're, if what you're doing already isn't working for you, you know, most of the people that talk to me are, you know, they're not going to talk to me unless something isn't working for them anyway. <laughs> but even when that is the case, I find it's often like the Weight Watchers and the Slimming World and the things like that as well, that people have become so conditioned into believing that they have to calorie restrict, they have to, you know, um, eat low fat, which is so damaging. Um, and it, even things like that, when I'm trying to tell somebody, fat is your friend, <laughs> good fats, the right kind of fats, even that, they're like, no, 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 no. Fat. I can't have fat. <laughs> it's a perfect system. It works so well, doesn't it? Because you go, you go in, you have your way in, you know, you get your point system. Who knows what the point systems equate to? I know that might have changed a little bit. I can eat yeah. four points today. What's that? Yeah, um, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's okay. My points came from a, a chocolate bar and, you know, packet of crisps or whatever. And then, you know, they weigh in. Yeah, lost weight. And then the perfect thing, which is great about all these, it's a bit like a multi-network companies, not that I'm mentioning them, um, <laughs> but you get that community. <laughs> don't start. Don't do it. Oh, don't, don't do set it. me off. I said, I literally put out the worst <laughs> thing I'm going to say. So I, I think it was. Um, don't mention names. Yeah, yeah, I won't. I won't. Yeah. But it's really funny, isn't it? These things that suck us in and we just think, oh, it's so good. It's so good. And I just encourage people to look at the back of packets as well. That's another top tip of mine. If you are being sold something as the world's next best health claim, or just read, read what it's all about and read what's in there. Mm. Um, because I know it, it, for some people, it's really, really hard when you're starting off and some of the things you can't even pronounce. <laughs> Uh, or they might put even something that's quite friendly like if it's a, using stevia to sweeten something they'll put uh, stevia something glucosides or something like a, a they've given it a really long name I always had a um, top tip which someone wants to O's or dextrose or anything O's ending you just be kind of avoiding which is always quite a nice uh, nice thing and, and we've always said yeah. this you know, I think I did it months and months ago. I think I was habits of a, of a studio coordinate, you know, jumping around classes. Where they're the worst nutritional people in the world and they're nodding because they eat sugar to keep them going and coffee. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I bought one of those packaged sandwiches, forgot all about it, come back months later. I was like, oh, that sandwich is in there. It looked the same. It had not changed. Wow. <laughs> yeah, scary. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, that definitely put me off, you know, garages, eating any of those types of things, but which we always yeah. do. Um, I'm just going to revert back. But coming back to the reason those types of things work so well is because people get that community. They get the yes. little hug. You've done so well. Get a sticker. And um, I like stickers. But no, <laughs> but I don't. But it means that people then will naturally then give you go, a sticker. Thanks. But you, you leave going, look at what I've done, which is an amazing feeling because it puts you on the high. You go, don't need them anymore. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, 
comes back, back on, you're back. Mm. But then you yeah. go, I come back and join it again. Or even worse, you know, you're paying however many pounds it is now a week to be told you put on weight and you still continue to go back and lose your money and put on weight. Yeah. And then <laughs> you're like, what is it? Okay. You, and, and then you might have one week where you've lost some, but it's like, yeah, it really, it pains me to see. That's this. the takeaway I give people is to write down their kind of perfect week, understand, write down what it is they do from wake up, you know, what their routines are, see if they can start implementing little changes. Um, it's going to take time. It's not an instant fix, but you will be long-term beneficial if you, you know, start that longer journey rather than just keep yo-yoing all the time. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start to close bits up, but what I want to ask you is I know it's a bookshelf behind you but is there any <laughs> podcast you're listening to um, books to reference to that you currently recommend uh, so my my all-time fave who well <laughs> this might not last forever but she is an amazing amazing person uh, Dr Stephanie Estima she does uh, something called the Betty Body um, where her book is called The Betty Body and um, it sounds like a complete fad but it she looks at women in particular and um, hormones um, and how to how to effectively reverse diet if you yeah. have been somebody that is completely ruined your metabolism by um sorry <laughs> I have no idea what Alexa is saying to me um <laughs> I'll wait for that to finish. Hang on. Ordered. Alexa, stop. She's, I'm not she's listening to something I've I'm said. Because that's perfect. I'm not editing it. You've just ordered <laughs> ordered twenty thousand copies of that book. <laughs> yeah, I have probably. That's fine. I'll dish it out to the masses for her. Um, but no, she is fantastic, and she does have a book podcast as well which um I love I love listening to if I'm on the treadmill occasionally but um and also uh, I did mention it to you at the beginning um his name is Dr William Davis and yes. his book is called Super Guts um and actually the thing that he recommends in there for gut health is um is a certain yogurt that you can make yourself but it's based on this one um uh sort of probiotic which is called l-ruteri and I, I hope i'm pronouncing that right but i take this now because i felt that it would have a massive effect after suffering with the gallstone uh, gallbladder removal mm -hmm. um and i know that um it's quite important for me to make sure my gut health is on top form as it is for for many so um what he talks about is incredibly interesting and he'll tell you why that particular strain is so beneficial um nice. amazing and so interesting so i would really really um recommend that as well um i also listen to a lot of dr jockers and dr axe because i do find that for my thyroid in particular having a mostly ketogenic style way of eating is what works best for me again mm -hmm. it's like 
I know what to do now and I can just forget about it much like the fasting it's like once you've figured out what it is that works for you and your specific needs Mm -hmm. just you know formulate your plan and then forget about it and you know yeah so so they're they're two that are, are very interesting if you're um following anything kind of low carb or keto style right um yeah I think that's about it actually and I have got a huge reading list that is coming with my um the qualification that I'm currently I'm going back to school again so <laughs> um you got your yeah. pencil case ready sorry pencil case ready yeah absolutely I've actually just nicked my daughters but <laughs> Um, I think that was uh, awesome. I think that's really, really helpful. Um, and uh, I think anyone listening to this has got lots of things to take away. Uh, I just want to thank you for uh, coming on here. Pleasure. Pleasure.